Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 139th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your extreme humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, the Captain Marvel to my Nick Fury, Miss Ali Hart, who can be found at Miss Ali Hart. How you doing on this duo edition of THG? Yep, we've cut him off. That's it, we've had enough. We've, <laughs> we've hit the high road now. We're going to start cutting members. We're going to be the Beatles. Mm, his tardiness just uh, came to a head during the week, uh, you know, especially <laughs> with all the... Uh, all the unnecessary dramas and tension surrounding uh, 8-Bit Day. So, mm. uh, yeah, Dream, it's been nice knowing you, but uh, smell you later. <laughs> oh, God. But as, you know, early morning Sunday, never never a good time to uh, coordinate a few adults first thing in the morning, yet we manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we get there um, somehow, you know, by hook or by crook, as they say out there on the streets. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Dream, he's out there hustling and, and doing what Dream does. So uh, we wish you all your best on the, the Tekken circuit and hope you murk all them dogs. And uh, yeah, those uh, hairy nipples are out there for everyone else to see now, hopefully. so <laughs> Not fucking full screen on us. Uh, we have blessed this morning. Mm. Oh, how have you been, Brendan, after such a hectic week? Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a hot minute. Um it was pretty wild. Like for those that uh, have been sort of off grid, we uh, officially unveiled Apex Phase Three this past week, uh, February fourteen or February thirteen, depending on where you were in the in the globe. But uh, yeah, a whole heap of new content. We've got new podcasts. We've got new podcasters and content creators on the books. We've just released our new Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash We Are Eight Bit to get in on that action, and you can get uh, the Eight Bit Cast, which is our new uh, for now, monthly conversational podcast, bringing in all those uh, varied content creators from the 8-Bit Nation together to talk on one podcast. And you can get early access to that for $1 per month. Can't even get a burg for a dollar. You cannot. You cannot. I think you can get a frozen Coke these days from McDonald's, but frozen Coke is shit. I'm not big on frozen Coke and slushies. Not uh, at all. Frozen Coke, no. And to be fair, it's never working anyway when you want one, so that machine mm. doesn't actually work. However, I'm a massive fan of slushies, specifically pina colada. Mwah. Pina colada with a bit of Red Bull. You'll See, be gone for the whole day. When we're talking like alcohol-based slushies, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do the oh. dance with that, but... Like if we're just talking going to a Seven Eleven, getting a getting a slushy, it's like no, nah. because I don't know if I just drink them wrong, but I'll get halfway through and all the flavor's gone, and then I'm just left with you are, you bland totally ice. drinking it wrong. Um, so just for reference, pina colada wasn't alcohol. That's a that's a Seven Eleven slushy. Um, oh. it's a flavor. Trust me, it's like it's the bomb. It's the bomb. Mm. And like I said, just throw a little bit of Red Bull in there, and you're good. But you got to make sure you're regularly stirring. Like when you drink, you know, have a few sips, stir. Because that syrup is definitely going to start going down to the bottom. Mm. And if you're drinking directly, then you're going to be drinking all the flavor out. And then you're just going to be left with mush. 
Mm, and that's that's how I'm usually left in these situations. But but doubling back, uh, sneak a little little bit of white rum in that uh, pina colada from the Seven Eleven as well, and and have yourself a, a good party to start uh, start off your your morning. So uh, yeah, get amongst it. <laughs> get amongst it with a bit of rum and fucking mm. pina colada slushy in your breakfast. Now I'm thinking about strawberry daiquiris. That's Ooh. like my that's like my cocktail kink. I love strawberry daiquiris. And I don't even care how wussy it makes me look when I'm drinking one, like with the little like real strawberry stuck on the edge and sometimes a little flag and whatever else and little umbrella. It's like, I don't care. I'm owning this shit. Oh, it's delicious. Hard ass alcohol, then obviously a frozen margarita for me. Mm-hmm. I can down those for days. Those are yeah. great. And um, Guzman and Gomez do them and they do them pretty well. Yeah. They saved me in RTX. Yeah, they're pink lemonades they do there too. They're really good as well. Oh, damn. Guzzi is the best Australian-based Mexican food chain by far, in my very humble opinion. I mean, it's not many, so... No, just stay away from Mad Mex and Zombreros. They are gutter trash. Yeah, Zombreros is terrible. But you know what's not terrible? What's not terrible, Brendan? The things we've been doing this week... Oh, it could be terrible. I don't know yet. But um, <laughs> I- I've at least lived a wholesome life this week, played some things. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, I was, had such a hectic week, obviously, um, you know, prepping for 8-Bit Day and other things that are going on in the life, uh, but I was able to kind of squish in a few games. Uh, I decided to give this Tetris 99 uh, on the Switch a go, this Battle Royale Tetris game that I swear I thought everyone was trolling me on Twitter. I, I thought everyone just had this gag that they were going for because I didn't get to watch it direct. But I mm-hmm. thought everyone was trolling me. I thought, like, it was just this whole gag that everyone's like, oh, Tetris Battle Royale. And I'm like, oh, God, this isn't funny. But no, real thing. Um, it's a free game. So what's the harm in installing it and giving it a go? I lost no no dollary dues on that one. Mm. I'm addicted. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> this game, like... I'm I'm with you, like because we were gearing up. We we had the the launch of uh, you know 8-bit 3.0 an hour after the Nintendo Direct, so I I didn't get to watch it. And and then my Twitter feed was just full of memes of like the the single long four piece from Tetris, and it's like, yo, bro, where are we dropping? And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And then <laughs> then I saw the trailer and and all this hype, and I'm like, holy shit, this exists. Yeah. I never knew this needed to exist, and yet it does, and <laughs> it's apparently great. Like it is, like so. Like, I loaded in with like no no information really on how it was going to work. I just kind of loaded in, and straight off the bat, there's these lines. You're targeting people, and I'm like, I don't get it. Are we shooting people or what? I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna play Tetris. I'm gonna mm. play Tetris, and whatever happens, happens. And then you know, I started becoming familiar with it, and essentially. You know, you can target people and once you demolish uh, two or more blocks, whoever you've got targeted, um, they will absorb that, you know. Um, Mm. And essentially, after a while, people will start reaching the top, they'll die or, you know, they'll be, you know, taken away from the game. And then it's last man standing. Um, There is a level of intensity to this. Like, who would have thought Tetris would give me the same, like, kind of, like, heart palpitations as, like, (laughs) a... general like first person shooter battle royale would but i don't know how many times last night i was just you know amongst it like getting to top 10 and then like just having just just a one 
bad square or timing being off and me just not being on the ball and just be like, okay, just, just one more game. Just one more, just one more. Mm. And it's like an hour later and I'm like, oh, God damn. It's great. Like 99 players on the uh, the Tetris battlefield. Mm. <laughs> and and as you were saying, is it garbage? Is that the, the term or what they actually call it in the game that you can be th- you can throw at other players to try and yeah help eliminate them? Is that uh, yeah, the, well, what they're calling it? Well, uh, that must be what they're calling it. But it's it's central. It's, it's the same concept as you would play like, you know, Tetris, you know, two player that you would play on like your Mega Drive or your Nintendo mm. when those, you know, when that was the thing. Um, whereas, you know, if you, if you do a successful bunch of rows, then the other player absorbs it and their, their pile get put, gets pushed up with those gray squares, you know, uh, which you can get rid of. Um, but that's essentially what you're doing to it. So, you know, those gray squares are your ammo and you're pretty much shooting that at the other players until they get knocked out. So Mm. can can I ask, can I ask how was the servers? Like, obviously this is running on the, um, you know, obviously the Nintendo online service. Is it fluid? Is there latency? No lag? No lag. No hiccup, no lag, no latency. I And this literally, the second you get knocked out of a match you, and you get your score loaded up and you can actually scroll through, you can watch until the end if you want to see who actually wins. Um, but when, you know, when your turn... F- it finally ends or whatever there's actually just an a button that you hold on to which is just rematch you hold that button down and just sticks you in another queue and that doesn't take long till you're in the next match like i'm assuming that once this kind of hype over this game starts to diminish you'll probably start seeing that it might take maybe a little bit longer to get into a game but right now it's just like games are starting like instantly so I think that's probably what didn't help my addiction last night on not playing another game. Mm. Who would have thought that this would exist? Like, it's such a bizarre combination of of two very different genres slash IP, uh, and yet it's it works. I feel like it was like someone out there that just watched all like you know all us edge lords out there going like, oh battle royales, what are they gonna do next? A Tetris battle royale? And Nintendo's like, all right, fuckers, mm-hmm. there you go, enjoy. And yeah, yeah, I am enjoying it. So yes, thank you, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who I'll knows? Like, like they've got the old uh, sort of Doctor Mario world coming out. I don't know if it's slated for this year or next year, but maybe they're gonna chuck a battle royale mode into that next. Who knows? Who knows? I used to love playing um on the Mega Drive. I used to always play Columns, which was essentially Tetris. And then uh, what was he, the Sonic one? Uh, Doctor Robotnik's marvelous bean or something like that. It was this Bean Machine. Mm, that, that sounds like it could be a porno. It did, yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm getting my titles mixed up. Mm. Were you in Slim Dreams' bloody stash again? Is that what happened? <laughs> I told him he's got to separate the game from the porn better, but it's so hard. I kept pressing the controller and it just got more <laughs> intense. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he's got Everyone like this got new, sweaty. Yeah, instead of a mad cat, it's like a rabbit or something he's got now. <laughs> um, oh, but the ergonomic hand controls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the rumble feedback is fantastic. This is, this is a horrible, 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 but very convenient segue. I also played a really screwed up game called What's Under Your Blanket on PC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't even want to have a guess. <laughs> What do you think's under the blanket, Brendan? What do you think? Um, crumbs from snacks. 
Probably. It's probably there. But no, it's a game about baiting and not um, getting caught by certain people. So you are masturbating, as Sam would say. Um, and you were laying in bed and essentially you're, it's just a clicking game where you're clicking your mouse furiously. Don't go too yep. fast because you actually start to burn the bed. But oh, in damn. between these segments, people are just opening your door. Like you hear footsteps and people are opening your door. Could be your dad, could be your mum, could be your grandma, could be your cat. That's um, an impressive cat. Very impressive cat. I don't know how it opens the door. Um, so in between these sequences of you baiting, um, these people open the door. So you've got to make sure you stop, close the door and start again. I luckily got to the third level where you're at your computer and then you're covered in a blanket. But um, Grandpa kept on walking in, and that kept on uh, slowing my momentum down. So oh, um, damn it! Uh, <laughs> my so, experience in this kind of uh, matter was also a bit flawed. So it took me a while to get a, get a hand of it. Hand of it. Hey, uh, the puns are flying thick and fast. Um, obviously, we have a, a pretty good idea of what the the end game or the final resolution of this game is. It's to uh, sort of reach reach the promised land in these various scenarios yeah um which which is actually resembled by fireworks so i'm i'm a female spoilers um so i'm just going to assume that's what happens to you guys uh, just a little fireworks display happens yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like that and, and i don't know if anyone's ever listened to one of those like gregorian anthem cds um you get the fireworks and then you sort of get all oh, like maybe the halo starting where it's like, oh, it's like this moment of enlightenment and fireworks and chants. And it's it's quite the out-of-body experience. So uh, it looks like this game's nailed it. I missed out on that. And also the very, um, the one thing that actually kind of caught me off guard was between stages, there's also an arm wrestling match. Oh, wow. Hmm. I, I mm. don't, I'm not too sure how those link together, but I'm just going to leave that a beautiful mystery of life. Maybe it's to strengthen your your slam arm. Who knows? That could actually possibly be it. That actually would make a lot of sense. So yeah. um, obviously one of Ali's wonderful, cheap, weird games found on Steam. Uh, give it a go. Uh, I'd say give it a hand, but um, <laughs> give it a click. <laughs> give it a, give it a rough click. I wonder um, if we're gonna see like the the sequel, and it's gonna be like a, a a female character that you play as, and that mouse clicking becomes even more relevant. To Sounds try like, and uh, reach the promised land. Yeah. Slapping the clam. Mm. Uh, so what have you been playing? <laughs> um, I've been playing a couple of things. Uh, one I'll quickly mention that I forgot to write on the document. I finally cracked into my Nintendo Labo stuff yesterday. Oh, finally. When did that you get I've that? I've had about six months ago. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's been sitting there. So... Uh, we decided to sit down and build the build the various little bits of cardboard-based machinery to play the games. And mm-hmm. um, I've severely underestimated how long it takes to build these things, for one. Um, <laughs> we, we, we built the fishing one, and I think it took about an hour, an hour and a half maybe, to, wow. build, to build this fishing rod before we could actually go uh, digital fishing. Uh, but it's impressive. The tech that they've put together using the the um joy-con sort of motion functionality coupled with the the hd rumble that it's got in there now um and even just little motors and me- mechanical sort of bits you put together through the cardboard and some rubber bands and whatnot it's yeah i felt like i was macgyver putting this thing together did you have bubble gum um, paper clip yeah not didn't even need it it was wow. that well put together um so testament <laughs> to nintendo for uh 
making these things a reality because i we built this thing and then sort of watching archer go fishing on this little on the little switch screen and and the fact that you can move the rod around and it's obviously going to alter where your, your hook is in the water and there's mm-hmm. full vibration through the fishing rod and yeah it's it's really cool so we built that and built the motorbike one which he was all about so yeah, it's impressive probably, isn't it um it's i guess maybe i'm thinking it might have been actually the price point that kind of you know put it out of people's scope in regards mm. to it being a i don't know a very um accessible um add-on for uh kids especially with um switches maybe maybe we're underestimating how many kids have switches maybe that's yeah it. i i think so and um I'm with you. Like, obviously, it was a hundred bucks at launch. I think I don't know if the sales are still on, but I saw it over Christmas. You could get the that sort of starter kit for fifty bucks or less. Hmm. And the, the the time you get out of it alone from just building the damn stuff, you probably get you know six hours worth just in building all these various sets, and then you've got the game time attached to it. So there is some some good value there, uh, but you just got to be careful putting it together because obviously cardboard is not the most rigid robust no. uh sort of bit of kit out there so you've got to be pretty careful with with your folds and your bends and all that but uh it survived a five-year-old's uh sort of rather rambunctious play style of video game so far so uh we're one for one and then also i have finally been cracking into the full release of anthem on the pc mm. thanks to our uh, origin access premiere um, as I drink out of my porcelain teacup with my pinky in the air. Um, terrible image, but uh, it felt better when I was thinking about it, as most things usually do. Um, yeah, so Anthem, mm-hmm. it is out uh, in its entirety uh, on, it on PC. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, obviously, uh, EA, Viaway of Bioware, massive fanboy of bioware for anyone that's probably at least listened to one episode of the hunger gamers podcast uh it's it's my hill to die on and it's good not great but it's good uh so so i've played for probably four maybe five hours so far um Mm -hmm. just to just to get a good feel um one thing that's a bit of a disconnect i guess from previous bioware games is the narrative and the writing is great. Like it's still got that sci-fi soap opera attachment to it, but some of the the lines and even the the voice acting work is a little bit hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've found myself skipping through some exchanges, interacting with various characters at Fort Tarsus, just because I haven't really grown or attached myself to any characters in the game yet so far. Like I couldn't really give a shit. No, you don't care um, about Kristen Shaw. Yeah, not really. <laughs> not really um but it looks good uh it still doesn't look anywhere near as good as the debut trailers and, and gameplay from uh e3 <laughs> a few years back <laughs> but it, it looks good it plays good uh the servers are stable like we didn't get any disconnects yesterday so rach myself and benny were were rolling out as our little javelin team uh there's a lot of synergy between the four respective javelins obviously they've got different play styles different abilities so you can sort of mesh um the colossus which i've been playing which is more the tank style um in conjunction with the storm which can sort of do aoe based elemental damage so you can Mm -hmm. sort of chain combo that kind of stuff's really cool when you see little combo multipliers pop up and things um but one thing that's happened uh, and it's to be expected. It was sort of launch day officially yesterday. Um, 
the game audio just cut for myself and Rach during the game like and had to hard reset the game to get the audio back it wasn't just it you know went to one headphone or it just dropped during a cutscene. like the whole audio back end whether it be in-game sound effects the, the soundtrack cutscenes, it was all gone so i had to reset the game for that and rach had to do it twice as well um you know for day one if that's the worst that we had to encounter okay that's mm. all right but we were talking about this thing potentially being a destiny killer maybe if is a, is a way to compare it to and it's it's not there yet uh the, the customization is great the fact that you can customize your javelins armor style whether it be texture of armor color of armor put your vinyls on it your weaponry so you can make make your javelin look however you like but at a cost yeah at a cost like most of it's unlocked to start with mm-hmm. but there is obviously yeah some some paywall based stuff there is a, a a rotating like vendor that you can buy things through through shards or through currency mm-hmm. which you can earn in game or, or buy due to microtransactions being available in uh, anthem but it didn't take like you don't need that to play the game any better no, it's, no. it's just it's just cosmetic which is great but yeah i just i'm looking for that hook to get drawn in on the story like there's been a few cutscenes and things that are cool and, and you're following this like the one of the like the main antagonist or maybe he's the you know, the head general to this other doctor guy called the monitor and, and he sort of looks like Remember Apocalypse at the start of X-Men Apocalypse where he's sort of back in Egypt days? Mm, yep. He sort yep. of looks like that, but just picture him with like a, a mask over his face. Okay. But just his audio delivery, it's so boring. Like he's just, it's almost like he knows that he's this badass. So he's like, oh, so you're going to be my challenge. How disappointing and all this stuff. And just like, <laughs> fuck me. This is so, <laughs> so campy. Um, Cringe. Yeah, but... It's it's been fun. It's yeah. it's cool flying around as Iron Man equivalents, being <laughs> you know being badass, wreaking hell on swarms of enemies. There's enemies all over the place, like and it's constant waves. Like you you're not just one on oneing anything. It's ten plus enemies always around you, trying to to sort of give you a bad time. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm liking it so far. At the moment, it's probably maybe a seven, seven and a half out of 10 feeling just from my gut check from, you know, four or five hours. But okay. I'll, I'll definitely keep pushing through and, and see if this story opens up more and, and drags drags me further in. But at the moment, I'm sort of just, yeah, skipping cutscenes, which sucks. Yeah. Skipping the dialogue exchanges with NPCs at Fort Tarsus. It's not what I want to be doing. Yeah. So I've actually been following this along because this was the game that I actually tried. So this is actually the first time where I've kind of, said I'd try a game before I 100% say no to it. Um, so I decided based on the demo, which I did have elements that I, I, I acknowledge I enjoyed, but I did not see the longevity in it for me. I enjoyed it. I put it down and decided that I wasn't going to play it on launch. Um, so I've been following a lot of people. Um, a few, like Actually, a lot of my friends are actually playing it. Um, a lot of people are streaming it. And this actually seems to be a lot more... Um, issues than um, just the sound cutting out, which is very common. Um, a lot of people are reporting still long menu um, loading times. Oh, yeah, um, I've got them too. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people are actually reporting um, a graphical cutting out, like uh, graphic details, like being manipulated, being cut out, falling through the earth, that sort of stuff. 
um, as well as people <laughs> losing their heads. I, I haven't seen any heads lost yet. Um, no, I've seen a few. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen like the environments going in and out of certain sort of subsects of that universe the the render uh struggles mm. to catch up i've noticed a few times so mm-hmm. you'd be sort of just cruising through and it's like oh yeah that looks like it's just a stone ground underneath my feet there as i'm flying along it's like oh no then the, then like little stream loads in and everything else and yeah so the the textures are constantly playing catch up in in some of the massive transition pieces but yeah, yeah no no headless headless uh javelin so far <laughs> I've, se- I've seen a few headless javelins the, um, the other thing that I'm starting to hear about as well is some people, and I think this is more in regards to trying to follow story missions, but maybe not playing with the same consistent team, where you think you're at a certain point, like like you should be up to the next part in the story, but some people are finding that they'll actually have to do the story again because the game isn't recognizing it as well. So people yep. are having to repeat the same story. So. You're, you're, you're bang on. And um, that is that is one of the other bugbears at the moment for me is yeah there isn't really when you are going out you know joining your expedition as they call it uh, and then you pick what you're doing out in the world there isn't really a clear flow where it's like you know main main story and then it sort of ties into where it's going it's they're, they're called you know there's contracts or there's side missions or there's agent missions but it doesn't give you a clear flow of where you need to go to next uh, hmm. so so we did replay a few missions at the same time because either the the save data didn't carry over to Benny or to myself or to Rach mm-hmm. um, because the contracts are sort of still listed as the same thing every time, even if you do get a new one and then the new one didn't carry and then we played the previous one again. And, and yeah, I totally forgot about that until just now. It was a bit of a pain in the ass. Like it's good for XP yeah. grind, obviously. And, and all the little missions are pretty quick. They're very self-contained. And you can roll through some of these in 15 minutes max. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a clear get from point A to point B by going to to there. It's it's clear as mud, really. Yeah, and I've got to ask because this is definitely something that I thought about, especially with the VIP, and I put that in quotation marks, VIP uh, beta test. Um, now, like people who got access to it, were obviously people that signed up for Premiere and getting access to it that way. So there's some sense of exclusivity to this Mm -hmm. but it seems like any person that got these kind of like exclusive access whether it's vip or premiere you are essentially trying this broken game and setting it up for maybe the people to play later down the line to get fixed so you're essentially paying for the courtesy of like pointing out the issues so other people get a better experience yeah like yeah it almost felt like we were were sort of bug testers you know beta testers for this game uh, and and if they called it a VIP beta, it probably wouldn't have gotten the internet up in arms as much as it did by by calling it a VIP demo. Demo, yeah. You expect a little more level of polish and prestige and everything else, and you know, we didn't really get that. As you'd know, you played the the demo as well. It's the exact mm-hmm. same as the the VIP version. Um, <laughs> so maybe to appease some of the. Uh, the negative outcry they did give you some vinyls and some armor sets and things like once once we logged in and got about an hour or so into the game it opened up a vendor where you can buy your your certain sort of assets to to craft or to buy your aesthetical um you know, skins and and uh weapon styles and things like that so they give you i think you get about half a dozen different little little bits and pieces so it can be yeah. um you know a new armor style it was some vinyls and stuff so they did sort of say we're sorry 
here's some here's some <laughs> non-value bits of bits of sticker to chuck on your on your javelin but at least it's something i guess i guess it is but most um, of them look crap <laughs> yeah. i i don't know like i saw like i actually found a lot of streams to be boring um a lot of repetition which i know once again is rich coming from a destiny player um but also I, I see the story thing. I had to bear witness a few story s- scenes and sequences and a lot of dialogue. And I've like I kind of mentioned, the voice acting in this is a bit hit and miss. There's some mm-hmm. great ones in there. Um, Kevin Parcell from 30 Rocks in there. He's at the bar. Um, Kenneth, sorry. Is that his name? Kenneth Parcell of 30 Rock? I think Internet will prove me wrong. Um, but for the most part, there's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of like... I like also I saw a lot of people doing like you said just skipping through kind of thing. So this makes me wonder if Destiny ever did actually actively pursue a story. Do not take mm. a page from this book, please. Yeah, it's it's just tough cuz like BioWare and Casey Hudson and all those those guys and girls at that BioWare that have written these big space novellas. Mass Effect is some of the best writing in video games that I've ever experienced and mm. this just feels like a light version of that almost. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping it really dials up and tightens tightens up as the game goes forward. But yeah, skipping through cutscenes and, and sort of dialogue exchanges hurts me because I was usually reading every word and I was fully engrossed and riding the emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and, and they do give you choice, you know, if you're on controller, left trigger or right trigger to react to certain things in certain ways. But I don't know if that shapes your journey in this game at all as well. Maybe it's just a little bit of... Uh, fan service so it feels like it's more rpg-esque where you know, your your actions will have reactions but <laughs> yeah. from, from all accounts it just seems like they're just giving you you can be smart arsy or you can be serious that seems to be the two forks in the road you get with your dialogue exchanges right i wonder if there's going to be like romance elements added into it mm, maybe I just like I'm interested to see because this is you got to follow a story element, but then you're also in a squad as well, aren't you? So you're in that multiplayer squad element. Yes. Yeah, so so, everyone else experiencing dialogue at the same time? No, in in out on expeditions you do. So you squad up in the expedition, and then once that expedition is over, you can choose to go back to Fort Tarsus, which is just the main hub, um, mm-hmm. you know, the tower equivalent. If we're going to tie it to Destiny. But you aren't running around with the rest of your squad mates. It's just you and all the NPCs. Mm-hmm. But then there's another area. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's it's like another area attached to Fort Tarsus, but you're still in your javelin and there's all other real players around you in there as well. So okay. so there's so there's like a little social environment there. But as far as doing the the interactions with NPCs for quests and things, that's all solo okay. um, at Fort Tarsus. So you hop out of your javelin and you run around on foot again. Then you jump in your javelin, then you're with your mates. So, I'm wondering if that's what takes away from a lot of the story element as well, is that if you are squatting up with a team and you're kind of working together to certain goals, having someone kind of going through story and dialogue and all that sort of stuff kind of, I guess me personally, if I was trying to go through story, but I know my team's out there and we're, we just want to get to the next, you know, you kind of probably get that antsiness of just like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll blast past this. I just want to go to the next story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So probably doesn't help. No, no. So obviously the final form of this game is going to be much different in the next three, six, 12 months. 
similar to, to Destiny, I'd imagine, where they're going to do some, some positive and negative changes. We'll but get we'll it see. right two years along. That's it. That's it. But we'll see. But it looks like it's going to be probably another average-reviewed Bioware game. So that's sort of two asterisk-based titles back-to-back with Andromeda and now Anthem, just from my feeling. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they need to hurry up and reboot that Mass Effect franchise or bring out another Dragon Age, which is on the way, but uh, we still don't even know a year for when that will be dropping. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and anyone that likes space RPGs or likes Iron Man, likes group-based sort of squad mechanics uh, with some RPG elements, it's it's worth looking at. But yeah, maybe don't pay the full hundo on launch. If you can get Ooh, it for a steal, not. get on it. But yeah, it's... it's it's very much a game I think that's going to live and die with with playing with with friends or squad mates as opposed to just rolling solo. Mm. Yeah, but we'll see, we'll see. Time and will I've, tell. Yeah, and I've got Metro. I've I've fired it up and played for an hour, but we'll talk more about that next week when I've got a more refined opinion. <laughs> so, uh, quick bit of housekeeping, as we let off with Eight uh, Bit Phase Three happened this past week and. Uh, the main sort of driving force out of the back of that was the uh, Patreon announcements. So uh, patreon.com forward slash we are eight bits. We've got five tiers of various levels of entry and access available for everybody out there. That starts from just $1 a month and that gets you early access to the 8-bit cast all the way up to $20, which gets you access to limited merch that you will not find anywhere else on the entire planet. Uh, so yeah, if you can dip into those pockets and, and find something to chuck, not only our way, but this also covers off other members of the hashtag 8-Bit Collective as well. So we're trying to pull all our resources and energy together and, and, and turn this thing into uh, you know the, a bigger beast, a bigger, badder, better beast. So uh, yeah, anything you can throw our way, even if you can't do anything financially, just share it amongst your social networks because it will mean the world to us to get more eyes and ears on our content moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then next week, episode 140, sees the Hungry Gamers joined by everyone's favorite NPCs, a couple of NPCs, Andrew and Alex from Sydney, uh, one of the best kept secrets in the video game podcasting or content creation universe. So uh, they'll be joining us for the very first time next week on episode 140. So we're pretty excited for that. We cannot confirm nor deny if Dream will be back. Um, But if we sort of follow with the theme from the start of this episode no he won't because we said goodbye to him so um yeah you'll meet our new co-host next week (laughs) miss hart Mm -hmm. shall we get in some news let's do it all righty this week's news headlines okay so we got some some rapid fire bits and pieces from within the industry this week the first one fresh prince actor alfonso ribeiro has been denied dance copyright in Fortnite and NBA 2K16 lawsuits. So we're not at all surprised. Uh, no. <laughs> Power 2, in fact, actually having a, having a firm crack and, and trying to get some money out of these Why guys. not? I would do but, it. I like it. It's true. Like, how do you copyright a dance? How do you say 100% I created this dance? All things, all moves are organically mine. This is mine yeah give me money um but yeah like anyone would especially that was the uh, juggernaut that was Fortnite. why wouldn't you get a slice of that pie yeah exactly and and you see the main reason that um he's fallen through is because uh what carlton did in the fresh prince of bel-air it was a simple dance routine so um 
it didn't tie into choreographed major works. Uh, so yeah, um, this is not the last time we'll hear from uh, from the the legal realm of, of video gaming tied into Epic, especially because there is that many emotes doing the rounds from actors of yesteryear and mm-hmm. shitty rappers and whoever else uh, trying to get their cheddar from uh, from Epic. But uh, yeah, first first win getting marked to Epic and uh, 2K as well. So. So glad that big businesses won that one. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, um, you actually see within other games that do have emoting functions that they're actually copying a lot of the same kind of dance moves and references. Um, most of them not using the actual name or terminology. Mm-hmm. So um, I think by this saying that you can't copyright a dance might see a lot of more free movement of people taking certain other pop culture references yeah it is what do they say imitation is the highest form of flattery 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 apparently but um it's also a good way to get a lawsuit out Mm. unless you've got uh them big legal fat cats like epic does and they just Mm. either pay you to go away or probably make you fear for your life who knows Mm -hmm. You and your small dance routines. That's it. Get out of here, bloody Alfonso Ribeiro. Go back to that snack-based show that you're peddling these days on uh, the Food Network, you bastard. It's called, like, How It Works or How It's Made. Oh, hang on. That show's great. How It's Made is a great show. Some. Some. I want to know how a marble is made. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only interested when he does the food-based ones. Food one's great as well. Although it's like, oh, this is where hot dogs are made. And you're like, oh, no. And then you proceed to order one. Yeah. We we don't need that mystery unveiled for us. (laughs) Okay. So Apex Legends continues to crush it out there. Uh, This past week, the free-to-play Battle Royale game reached the following achievements. They hit a 25 million total player base. They also hit 2 million concurrent players. And also took the title for the fourth highest single day Twitch viewing of all time. So this ties into February the 12th, where they had 8.4 million hours worth of Twitch viewing done in that 24 hour period. Hmm. And um, as far as Battle Royale goes, that is now the highest Battle Royale uh, single day viewing. It was previously held by Fortnite with 7.2 million viewers. Uh, but CSGO holds the top three and that ties into some of their professional tournaments that seems to just pull every viewer out of the woodwork uh, for that. But yeah, Apex is just on the up and up. Have you played it at all this week? Obviously, it no, wasn't in the listing, but... I did not get to squad up this week. Um, I've actually been really disappointed that I actually didn't get to play it this week because I'm seeing so many people out there playing it and I see the videos and I see the Twitch streams and I'm just like, I really want to get into it, but... I don't know, it's like that whole old age thing now that we kind of experience where it's like it's an investment to actually start playing a video game, especially after a day of work. So. Yeah, yeah, life life sucks sometimes. Life sucks. Don't go up, kids. Yeah. It's a trap. Stay in school forever. <laughs> actually don't, because then you'll probably get bullied being some older sort of creep at school when you're 30. But anyway. Bullied, arrested, same, same. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this Apex, Apex, Apex? <laughs> I always say it freaking wrong. Um, Apex Legends, everyone's loving it. I'm not hearing any like major negative issues about it. The only thing that I'm hearing slightly now is the um, cosmetics, um, the 
how much they're asking people like to pay for certain like gear or legendaries or whatever apparently the system's a little bit iffy where you need a certain amount to pay and then in order to get those I don't know what they're called in this like the equivalent of V-Bucks I guess um, the currency in order to buy certain objects you they don't meet the same nah it's it's different the the measuring stick between the the apex coins and the i don't know the shards or whatever the hell they are Mm. yeah there's a big disparity between the two and um, so yeah it enforces you to actually buy more more than what they're um segmented in so it's like if you want a thousand the most average thing is a thousand and fifty so it's like you'd have to buy 2000 really to get the one thing. So a little dodgy, a little dodgy. So. Yeah. Well, they got to, got to make that scratch somehow. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- there will probably be some, some balancing of that e- economy system uh, down the line. But uh, yeah, this game is just going from strength to strength and no doubt next week we'll probably be talking about further achievements and uh, records being broken by apex legends because it is the game on everybody's lips. Mm-hmm. Mm. Another game that was on some people's lips this week was a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers, selling for a record price of one hundred forty thousand six hundred and eight dollars, and that's Australian dollars. That's about a hundred thousand USD, mm-hmm. uh, and this was done via a private transaction. And this pretty much marks the most expensive video game ever sold. Um, this is nuts. It makes you wonder because you go into your local game trader or whatever and you see how much they ask for a game and it's like 40 bucks and you're like, I wonder if I have a game that is valued like to a high degree, but I mean, I've got, I've got OG like Mega Drive Master Systems mm. and it's still in their case, some with, um, some with uh, what we used to have in the day kids, which were like instruction manuals and guides. Mm. And which used to have the little cheat code in the back. You could call the number and get assistance because we didn't have websites to help us out. Um, but that amount, th- there's something very specific about this game though, right? It was like a... Yeah, so so in 2017, an, another original copy of Mario Bros. sold for about 42,000 Australian, 30,000 Australian, uh, USD, sorry. And the difference comes down to one tiny sticker. So instead of the game being shrink-wrapped uh, shrink in plastic, the boxes containing the very first run of NES games produced in America were only sealed on the top flap using a black foil circular sticker with the Nintendo logo on it. So one little sticker on the top flap uh, <laughs> made the game go from US $100,000... Um, yeah, up to US 100000 as opposed to US 30000 So... It's insane. Like, yeah, it's ob- crazy. obviously the value is is defined by what people want to pay for the game, but oh, yeah. man, six figures for a singular video game. Uh, you got to be a pretty pretty sort of devout Mario Bros fan to want to want to sort of grab this and add it to your collection. But it's it's proven people are all about this life too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've all learned a lesson here: is to keep your value, just keep your flaps closed. Mm. <laughs> ah! oh my goodness it's so true on so many levels <laughs> next story next story hollow knight is getting a full sequel so the lovable boys from team cherry down in adelaide 
Uh, initially had plans for some DLC attached to the runaway smash hit Hollow Knight. Uh, have instead turned around this past week and unveiled Silk Song, the official uh, sequel to Hollow Knight. Uh, no firm date or has been attached to it just yet, but you are going to be playing Hornet, the spear-welding heroine, and occasionally antagonist from the original. Uh, so it's it's exciting. It's going to be set in a new kingdom with new enemies, bosses, towns, and quests. And it's going to be releasing on PC and Switch first with the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions to follow later. So it's good to see. It's good to see Team Cherry. Like, they're a small team. Uh, we were looking on their website earlier. They've got three staff members now instead of the previous two. So, um, it's yeah. It's incredible. To have this success from such a small team out in the back of South Australia, like it's a testament to these guys. And they're good blokes. I've met them a couple of times. Um, really good fellas. It's great to see them have such success both locally and abroad. And uh, no doubt uh, this sequel will further generate and uh, you know launch that star further into the video game stratosphere. Definitely. I have to ask. Okay, first of all, I have to confess, I haven't played Hollow Knight. So before this one comes out, I obviously need to play the original. So what is it? What's best to play Hollow Knight? Should I play it on PC? Should I play it on Switch? I, I think I think Switch would be right in your wheelhouse. Uh, PC or Switch would be the way to go. But I think just having these types of games available now on the go, on demand anytime is perfect. Mm-hmm. And the, the controllers map really well to the to the Switch in handheld mode. So I think. I think you'll you'll sort of find some nice comfort food there on the Switch. Yeah, oh, definitely. I only ever hear great things about this game, so I'll definitely have to give it a try. Mm. The next bit of news, God of War wins big at the Dice Awards 2019. So the PlayStation 4 exclusive won nine of the 23 award categories, including the big one, Game of the Year. <laughs> Remember when people thought that this game was going to miss out on awards? Mm-hmm. And then Idiots. Kind of demolished the Dice Awards. <laughs> they must yeah. have gotten sick of getting up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Corey Barlog and, and the team, they were up and down, up and down. Uh, but it's, it's good to see. Like, it was it was a magical, magical experience playing that sort of, what was it, February, March last year? March last year? I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. Yeah, it's a while now. Yeah, like nearly 12 months on. Uh, there's, there's rumors about potential DLC, but I think they're just going to shift focus because they want to turn this into the next trilogy. So there's going to be a second and a third God of War on the, the current and the next gen, uh, which I'm excited for because this new story they told with um, Kratos and, and his son was, was fantastic. Uh, and, and going to uh, Norse mythology as opposed to Greek was, was great as well. It was a good shift in the right direction, breathed new mm. life into this franchise. And holy crap, it's one of the best looking games we've ever seen on console by far. <laughs> Oh, so much deserving of these awards. Much deserving. Yes. Yes. Um, and the, the last sort of bit of minor news before we shift into the Nintendo Direct. Activision Blizzard cuts nearly 800 jobs amid, in quotes, record results in 2018. So mm. we we record uh, we reported on this, this rumor last week on episode 138. And mm. the initial just talks and, and sort of um, leaking going out there was about 200 people were going to get the chop. Instead, roughly 770 people or 8% of the entire staff of Activision Blizzard have been let go. 
Mm. Um, and this is part of the company in quotes deprioritizing initiatives that are not meeting expectations end quote um but yeah this is this is rough this is very rough nearly 800 people left without a job after their company has one of the best years on record and still makes a ton of money and yet they're still cutting that out so yeah yeah a lot of um bad decision making a lot of uh giving the fat cats big old bonuses apparently that's that's bullshit yeah Uh, you never i know i experienced that once in a an environment work environment where we were told there was never enough money around to you know have staff and then you'd hear about the report of your big big boss getting a nice fat paycheck bonus for his hard work Mm -hmm. um so i can only imagine that what all those employees from blizzard activision like how they must be feeling um the the only good thing that ever really comes from this is the community vibe between game devs and the gaming community and how everyone kind of pitches in together and works together to help each other out um i know that there's a few job lists out there now um I think it was done by Mitch Dyer. Yeah, I, I think wrong, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the sense of community. But yeah, I really think that especially after this, um, the game industry needs to do something about protecting devs um, because they're just getting dropped instantly. Yeah, mm. like we, we see it more and more through the through the social channels we're part of and, and through mass media that there's a big push to unionize the video games industry just so there mm-hmm. is protection and a safety net for for stuff like this like they just rolled into work on monday and were just told um see you later like yeah ceo bobby kotick um gave the company's record results in 2018 and then he went on to further say well our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history we didn't realize our full potential like what a fucking antiquated backwards thought process that is and then 100 percent, yeah severing nearly 800 people's livelihoods um, at least from a temporary career perspective um, on the back of record results it's just it's such a strange mixed bullshit message to send to the market like and, and this long term may sort of ripple down through activision blizzard where people might be skeptical and hesitant to come work for them because mm-hmm. even if they are achieving greatness, there's no guarantee that they're going to be sticking around. Mm. And one of the things that actually came to fruition that I actually discovered that um, a lot of American game devs now go and aim to work overseas because it seems like a lot of game dev jobs um, positions are really looked after um, in like more of the European studios. Mm. Like they're actually looked after there kind of thing. So they might want to watch out like what this does in the biggest scope of things people might not want to start starting studying this they might not want to get into the industry and then it just might ripple who knows who knows what this could do i think i think you bang on the money at the end of the day employees are searching for security in whatever aspect of um, work they're in and the fact that there isn't much in the video game space is is terrifying especially because the amount of money that's generated like it's Mm -hmm. it's a higher grossing industry than the film industry yet there's there's no safety net for a lot of these stuff yeah exactly yeah best of luck to the near 800 people that uh yeah have sort of been greeted with that terrible news this week but as you said the community sort of comes together and and pushes forward and and tries to share the love and get them into opportunities and new areas of employment really quick which is great to see 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully everyone lands on their feet on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, it's not going to be the last time we hear of uh, no. job cuts and things like that. But it's no. it's insane. Like, I was looking at some numbers. We, we've got about a thousand full time video game based um, employees across Australia. So this is eight. Oh. Imagine eighty percent of the full-time game devs um, being jobless for Australia. Like that's now nearly our entire market gone in well, one fell swoop. Wasn't there a time where we actually had a unit, um, a Blizzard um, studio or, or something like that, a segment in Australia and that closed down? Yeah, we had we had ago. Team Bondi here, um, which mm. were one of the bigger ones. Uh, we've had a few, like we've had uh, local Activision staffing here and things like that as well, but... Yeah, a lot of them either just close up and have PR representation here in Australia now and shift all their mm. development overseas. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, good luck to everybody involved in that. Hopefully you, you find your way sooner rather than later. Yeah. And the uh, the last bit of news that we wanted to touch on, uh, Nintendo rudely uh, dropping a Nintendo Direct on 8-Bit Day. Uh, I wish they sort of hit us up beforehand and allowed us to come to some kind of agreement to, to stagger these releases maybe 24 hours apart. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Nintendo Direct uh, happened this past week on uh, February 13 or February 14 here for us in the uh, Southern Hemisphere or in Australia. Um, and as far as the biggest announcements that were doing the rounds, um, I've grabbed a few, but I don't really have much skin in the game for most of these titles that I'll mention. So yeah, and that's what I felt bad about too. Is that there was a lot of hype that surrounded a few um, few announcements, and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't get this. Mm. Yeah. So Fire Emblem Three Houses was one that has uh, gotten a lot of people excited out there. This is an exclusive release for the Nintendo Switch, dropping on July 26th. Mm -hmm. uh, more Fire Emblem for those people that do like those uh, RTS-based titles uh, mm -hmm. with a bit of sort of uh, anime manga flair attached to it. It looked good, uh, but it just looks like a game that'll probably miss, at least for me personally, because there's just so many other games at the moment and um, Fire Emblem's a franchise I've never touched to this day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know a lot of people that love it. Reese especially is a big Fire Emblem guy, so maybe mm -hmm. I'll just live through him on this and get his feedback another game uh which got some hype but sort of tone deaf for me the legend of zelda Link's awakening uh obviously game boy adventure uh is getting a full remake on the switch uh it's preserving the same top-down perspective of the original while using modern 3d graphics also contains some nice 2d segments as well uh it's coming out later this year it looked very pretty but yeah, it was adorable i'm just not as like a zelda guy um, yeah, I I am exactly the same. I always find it hard to kind of hype up a lot of um, a lot of uh, what would be considered classic Nintendo um content only because I was a Sega kid. So, um, I don't have these attachments. Uh, they announce a Sonic though. Uh, I'm usually right on it. So, <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, nah, it's all right. You justified in those opinions. I'm the same. Um, yeah, Zelda is obviously a franchise which is very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts but it just hmm. doesn't resonate with us because we're uh heartless cold-blooded sons of bitches apparently we were lucky we got to play the best one the first time around ocarina of time yeah touche it'll, it'll get a remake eventually i'm sure of it don't know if i want that the world does though it's not all about you who gives we've... a damn about the world yeah fuck them next one super mario maker 2 it's getting a full sequel on the switch um 
you play Super Mario Maker at all? No, Were you a fan? I didn't play the first one either, no. Mm. No, there's a lot of... Um, there's actually a really big community when it comes to uh, Super Mario Maker. So, although to me, I'm kind of like, okay, it needed a two. No, there's, there's a big community out there for Super Mario Maker, so... Um, I guess it makes sense to them that they would actually bring out a two. Mm, I dabbled like this was sort of similar to me with like Little Big Planet. Like I dabbled in these <laughs> games and had a bit of fun, but I didn't didn't get sort of dragged deep as far as the sort of sub communities and what you could do and the raw power of these games. But it looked mm. fun. Yeah. Um, one thing I liked shifting the control scheme from the Wii U, where they've got this wheel interface for picking up your items. And then mm. you also, with hazards, they can be coming from the background and the foreground. So I like that there is a oh. bit of depth to the game now yeah. uh, as, as far as potential things you've got to try and avoid or it's going to try and harm you. But yeah, it's coming out on uh, June 19, which okay. is uh, pretty crazy. So it's a few months away. Uh, the next one, uh, which we already talked about so eloquently at the start of the episode, Tetris 99, mm-hmm. free-to-play <laughs> Tetris Battle Royale game. Uh, available right now it's no free. cost free on the nintendo switch you do need your online account to be able to play against these other players though so your eight dollars a month or whatever they charge you for that I completely forgot about that mm, yeah <laughs> i forgot that i've paid to play online on nintendo <laughs> i knew this would happen i paid the charge and i just completely forgot about it that's how they get you and they that's probably they, get you. they mask the charge on your paypal or your credit card statement it's like um, you know, double Important shot latte health, or something die. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Nintendo. play play Tetris ninety nine. Even just one game. I'm gonna download it today and um yeah, get amongst it. Can you can you party up? Like can I send you a request to play with you or is it just no, like I random don't think so. I don't think so. I know that Greg Miller actually mentioned this morning that after he like he's a master. I don't. I keep on seeing him getting first place, but I think him and his missus only just managed to fall into a game for the first time. So Damn. by random, yeah, no doubt that'll that'll come with time, which yeah. would be great because then you could yeah, squat up. But maybe then it is like is it are they trying to el- eliminate the chance of you trying to stack the deck for your friend to win? True. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And the, the last game I wanted to bring to light was the uh, Astral Chain Astral Chain reveal uh, from Platinum Games. Looks pretty damn good. Um, mm. Heroes battling demon-like enemies. Uh, this Details are pretty scarce at the moment, but it's uh, getting developed and supervised by Bayonetta cre- creator Hideki Kamiya. And uh, its team includes at least one near, automat- uh, near Automata staffer. Uh, there's robot dogs which can be your friend as well the game comes yeah. out on august 30 and platinum games you know they they do make some some quality content they're working on mm. bayonetta 3 at the moment uh they did yeah near automata uh last order uh <laughs> teenage mutant ninja turtles mutants in manhattan in yeah. 2016 cowabunga uh, mm, metal gear rising revengeance uh you know they're, they're known for that frenetic um artistic stylized chain combat from from bayonetta and revengeance and and uh near automata as well so hmm. yeah it looked good and, and platinum games I, I like i like the quality they put out there so nintendo direct i like these little little sort of mini announcements uh that i like they're tight you know they're done within an hour sometimes you know between 30 45 minutes nice yeah. and punchy and a lot of these games they're getting you hyped about are coming out within you know six months of this announcement so that's pretty damn cool 
Yeah, I, apparently this one was really good. It was just game after game after game after game. Um, like you said, no BS, straight to the point. But unfortunately, this one was pretty shit um, because they didn't say anything about Animal Crossing. So, um, yeah, I just want my Animal Crossing now. Maybe that will happen at E3 this year. Yeah, well. Mm. Yeah, so Nintendo, that was their Nintendo Direct. I think in total they announced 30 games, if I can remember right, from from sort of notes and things. Uh, so 30 games and no doubt we'll see another one of these in, in in anywhere between the next three to six months maybe unveiling animal crossing maybe unveiling some some video of the, the now um remade metroid that they're doing uh yeah. from the ground up again so we'll see we'll see it's it's exciting time out there for gamers though there is so much to choose from um on all platforms you've really got to pick and choose your battles uh as as we talk about more and more every week like metro exodus we've got anthem we've got division two coming out um jump force has just come out on the back of that as well and and a whole host of other games that you know the internet is gagging for so yeah yeah what a time to be alive huh yeah who would have thought that gaming would have got reached to this sort of like pinnacle like especially uh, us back in the day back Mm -hmm. as back as younglings thinking that it was just a very select group of us and now it's just so mainstream culture like the fact that just it's referenced in just fucking the news gaming in the news like yeah. the, the fact that that happens now is just baffling yeah I ha- they're uneducated I- as fuck but you know it happens <laughs> i i had one of those moments um i was i was out sort of seeing some customers in in my real real job uh on friday and i was riding shotgun with this um sort of channel manager for a camera manufacturer that we work with and he's an older guy maybe i don't know in his 40s or something like that and we got to talking and he asked what i was doing on the weekend and i don't usually talk about you know that we do podcasting and stuff like that and, and I, mm-hmm. I just did um off the cuff and sort of said we we're playing some games he's like oh really and then we started talking about like new far cry and everything like that yeah. and um apex legends and what he's sort of seen and heard about that and you know dealing with Fortnite with his kids and that kind of thing and it's it's crazy as you said that it is just so mainstream now like the lines are blurred it used to be you know the 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 quote-unquote nerds are over there isolated getting getting picked on sometimes from from mainstream society now it's you know almost seen as as a cool thing or at least an acceptable thing um for now so yeah there's definitely more jocks in the freaking gaming industry that's for damn sure Mm -hmm. haven't given me any wedgies though (laughs) <laughs> not yet not yet they gotta find me first <laughs> all right so, so that has been episode 139 of the hungry gamers podcast is there anything you wanted to say before we close this off for another week miss hart i just want to say a massive shout out to everyone a part of the 8-bit family uh working together on the uh announcement of our 8-bit patreon and all the new content coming out and also a big shout out to all our supporters that are shared signed up joined in got amongst it i i know it was very daunting for you brendan and like for most of us like putting our next foot forward and having supporters out there really uh pushing us forward is what makes it all worthwhile so thank you guys 100 percent couldn't have said that any better but if you wanted to listen to something a little bit more clear and concise about phase three and what we're doing um check out putting in work where we've got miss heart and the dream on there with Jono diving deep on 
what we're doing here with 8-Bit moving forward, as well as a bit of origin stories on the Hungry Gamers yeah. and um, what we're planning for the future. So it's a really, really good episode. I think it runs about 35-ish minutes or so. So it's nice, nice, clean and punchy and um, some good banter on there with three of my favorites. So give that a listen. But also, yeah, head over to patreon.com forward slash we are 8-Bit. Chuck us something as little as a dollar because it is going to help. I don't want to be sounding like I'm too hat in hand here, but it uh, really does help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. Um, and if you can't jump on the Patreon, just share it or jump onto uh, the podcast hosting platforms, namely iTunes. Give us a rate, review, and subscription, as well as the other podcasts within the hashtag 8 Collective because it means so much to us all and it takes so little time. Until next week, 8 Nation, I have been your very humble host, Brendan White. You find me at Brendan8Bit. This has been my very humble co-host, Miss Ali Hart, who can be found at Miss Ali Hart. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.